Welcome, weary travelers, to the great big universe of Excess Press. This is a weekly podcast to bring you the news of the Disney theme parks and resorts. Witness for yourselves the wonders of Excess Press. And now, let's begin. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Excess Press. My name is Matt and I'm the host of this Disney Theme Parks News Podcast. This is episode 16 from the week of October 28th, 2018. Happy Halloween, everyone! Uh, it, it is—it's coming to an end. I'm—I'm—I'm kind of sad that October is—is uh, is coming, coming finally to an end. And uh, hopefully, everyone is all ready to go for the trick or treaters this upcoming week. And uh, I hope you've uh, had a lot of fun. Maybe this past weekend, going to Halloween parties, and maybe we're at the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party. But who knows? But I'm—I'm I'm very sad that it's coming to an end. But we—we uh, we must move on. So. But, uh, but yeah, this this week was kind of a, a slower news week for Disney news. Last week we had a lot of a lot of good stuff coming out with the new Disney Resort that was announced. But um, nothing nothing too big this week. But there there is definitely some things worth mentioning. Uh, first, uh, they they announced some news about the Play Disney Parks apps. Uh, so we're going to discuss a little bit about that. And then if you're visiting the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party this year. There is a new event that's happening over there, so you might want to check it out. But it is—it's hard ticketed, so uh, I'll have to tell you the details on that very soon. And then, you know what? Since it's Halloween, I'm going to tell you a kind of creepy story about Walt Disney World. It's—it's it's nothing too crazy, but I mean, I was—I was actually trying to look up to see if there were any really good haunted stories about Walt Disney World, but. A lot of them just don't seem real, and I think a lot of them are just made up. But uh, the story I am going to tell you is real. Uh, I mean, it's again, it's not too creepy, but I, I, th- I think it's kind of a good story to tell uh, for Halloween. But uh, but yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna share that with you guys as well. But there's also some some more news, uh, some little things that I'll be discussing. But um, you know, let's just jump right into it. Begin this week's episode of the XS Press podcast. So last week we discussed a little bit about some of the new features coming to the Play Disney Parks app. Uh, And just a quick reminder, it's an app that can be used while waiting on queues for the different attractions at both Walt Disney World and Disneyland. And as you use the app to play trivia, you can unlock achievements. Um, 
but Disney now has a brand new way of showing off some of your favorite ride achievements. So for a limited time, guests can earn uh, different badges and commemorative, actually they're commemorative physical pins. Uh, so like if you go to a pin store, you'll be able to get one of these things. But so guess if you're playing the app and you've earned the Neverlander, Space Mountaineer, or a Midway Maniac achievement uh, achievements within the Play Disney Parks app, you can now purchase uh, a commemorative physical pin. Um, so once you qualify for the achievement and it's been earned uh, and unlocked in the Play Disney Parks app, uh, guests can simply just uh, go up to a cast member, show them the digital achievement screen, and now they can uh, purchase the applicable, uh, applicable uh, commemorative pin. So the Neverlander pin features Peter Pan flying over Big Ben, and you can earn this achievement playing in the Peter Pan queue, or um, yeah, Peter Pan's flight queue. And then if you're if you get the Space Mountaineer pin, uh, it actually features a rocket flying over Space Mountain, and I think you can guess where you earn that pin. Uh, the Midway Maniac features an alien from Toy Story, uh, which, is, which is standing over a bullseye. And as you know, in the the ride, you have to like hit, hit use that gun to like get your targets to hit the bullseye. Um, and of course, you can earn that over at the um, Toy Story Midway Mania. So guests that are at the Disneyland Resort, you can buy the Neverlander pin over at the Fantasyland cart, and the Space Mountaineer pin can be purchased at the Space Mountain photo spot, uh, which is next to the exit for the ride in Disneyland Park. And then over in California Adventure, the Midway Maniac pin can be purchased over at the Midway Mercantile. But if you're in Walt Disney World, you can buy the Neverlander pin at the Fantasy Fair, the Space Mountain pin is at the Tomorrow Light and Power Co. over in Magic Kingdom. Uh, and then if you're in Hollywood, uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios, you can pick up the Midway Maniac pin over at Celebrity 5 and 10. Uh, like I said, the unfortunate thing is uh, you do have to buy these pins. Uh, so you can purchase these pins at the price of $14.99. I really like the idea that uh, uh, you can... I like the idea that you're able to buy... Uh, you're like an achievement for this uh, so I think that's really awesome and as a person who plays a lot of video games it's nice getting getting achievements within the digital space but it's kind of even cooler that you get something physical now it is a shame that you have to pay for it uh, but it's cool that it's only limited to the people who get the achievement within the app so Disney said this is it's only for a limited time but I really do hope they extend this to be a bit longer in the future I would really like to see more cues um, and get uh, different pins and along with that. I'm, I'm a big pin collector, not so much as a, uh, a Disney pin collector. I feel like that's oof, I, too much for me. I feel like I would, it was just something I would get sucked into and spend way too much money. So I've kind of avoided collecting Disney pins as much as I love them. But I collect like different like movie pins um, and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I really like this idea. It's just again, it's just kind of a shame that you have to spend $14.99 for this achievement that you get. But I'm not really sure how hard these trivia um, the trivia is within the Play Disney Parks app. I've actually never used it yet. I haven't. Maybe I should just download it and see like if I can use it just 
at home. I assume that you can because it's it's really meant to be used in the parks. But yeah. So, anyways, that's um that's one piece of news this week. Uh, and now we're gonna kind of talk a little bit about Christmas. So, if you're going to the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, which is actually beginning very soon. I mean, ha- Halloween is about to end, and Christmas is right around the corner. Um, so the Very Merry Christmas Party is a hard-ticketed event, uh, and it's similar to the Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Um, so if, if you want to learn all about the Christmas Party and the events that are happening there, you can actually go back to Episode 9, and you can listen to that uh to that show. Uh, I kind of explain everything in detail of what's going to be happening over at Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. But this past week, Disney announced a new event at the party called Tony's Most Merriest Town Square Party. So starting at 9.30 p.m. during the parties, uh, guests will get to chow down on hors d'oeuvres, including a selection of artisanal meats and cheeses, as well as Tony's famous meatballs. Um, and then there will also be mini hand-tossed pizzas and much more. Uh, some of the desserts include, include pump, pumpkin tartlets, yule logs, cannolis, Christmas cookies, and red, red velvet cupcakes. And you also have a selection of beer, wine, and non-alcoholic beverages. And then at 11 p.m., you'll have access to a special reserve viewing area for the Mickey's Once Upon a Time a Chris sorry Once Upon a Christmas Time Parade uh, as it makes its way down Main Street, USA. And then you'll be able to enjoy the party until 12:30 a.m., even longer than Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. So, not to get too confused. Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party ends at midnight, whereas if this um, Tony's most merriest town square party is ending at 12:30, so you get to snack and drink a bit longer. So the the town square party is available for 9.99 a person plus tax, and it's going to be at every Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party event at the Magic Kingdom Park. So you do need to have uh, a, a hard ticket for the Very Merry Christmas Party to attend the Tony's Town Square Party. Um, now that's a lot of money because um, I think the Very Merry Christmas Parties start I think at like 120 if I remember. I, I talked about it again in episode 9, the the pricings. But So for another $100 you have three full hours of all this food and drinks. You have a, You get a lot. So I mean it's it is a lot of money, but it's kind of cool that it's going to be very, very limited amount of people where you get this chat out on tons of food and drink a lot, and then you'll have at least a very a special section for the Christmas party. Uh, I'm not sure if I would do this because that's just a lot of money, and going to the party itself is is quite good enough for me. But um, hey, if this is something you might be interested, it's there for you. So. Now there are two parties happening at the same time for Christmas, but um, but yeah, I've actually never eaten at Tony's. Uh, what is it called? I think it's called Tony's Town Square. I think that's the restaurant. Um, I'm kind of blanking. I'm pretty sure that's the name of it, but I've actually never eaten there before. I've heard it's pretty good, so but maybe I'll have to try that in the future. So, but yeah, that's the that's the one piece of news that came out uh, this week for the Christmas party. 
Um, but yeah, it's kind of slow this week. So one of the big things that's happened this past week is that the world of Disney uh, reopened in both downtown Disney District and Disneyland and Disney Springs and Walt Disney World. Now, they've both been under renovation for quite some time now. And so the world in Disney in uh, Disney Springs is the flagship store, and it's actually the world's largest Disney store. And before guests step inside the store, they will see new marquees and magical window displays. As they enter, they'll notice how open and spacious the store is now. It used to be tight and sometimes hard to get around if you had a stroller or a wheelchair. But now it's just, it's very open. There's there's actually a lot of visibility to see across the room uh, where something might catch your eye and it's just, you'll be able, yeah, you'll be able to see a lot, a lot better now. Um, so the, the merchandise actually also serves as decor in the store. Um, one area has like a Disney princess tiara that's, that creates a chandelier as well as a giant uh, Mickey Mouse club ear that displays the new Mickey Mouse clubhouse collection. Uh, there, there are also displays that were inspired by the history of Walt Disney Animation Studios. So there are these cool ink jars that will suddenly swirl with color and animate artwork on the walls. There are blank pages that will fill with pencil sketches as if they were drawn by an invisible hand. And then movie posters will also come to life. Um, and then if you purchase something, you'll notice that the store's sales counters are inspired by the desks and, uh, the desks and furniture used by animators in the past. Um, and then also at both of the stores in Disneyland and Walt Disney World, they are offering guests the option to purchase new reusable bags rather than use plastic bags. And there's actually three, uh, three sizes to choose from, small, medium, large. The small and medium bags are both $1 and the large bag is $2. So they, uh, they've they've been under renovation for quite some time, like I said. Um, I'm it's finally glad to see them back open. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to see the changes because I do remember the last time I was in there. It was, it was. I feel like I didn't have a great experience. I, I, I feel like I would rather go walk around in the marketplace co-op, which is is my favorite thing. But I'm really excited to check this out. It seems like they 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 really upped their game with like creating and telling a story for for this um it seems like they did a lot of great stuff with the animators and making cool interactive uh pieces of art with like the those ink jars and yeah but i'm, I'm really excited to, to check this out uh the next time i go to walt disney world or disneyland because I'm, I'm i'm actually if i haven't said this yet i actually might be going to disneyland next year so because i'm going to california to visit my friends so i'm pretty pumped about that but uh, but yeah so so that's it for the world of disney news and then so you know you know it's a slow news week when i have to talk about parking lots um so if you've been to the walt disney world resort recently and have been to hollywood studios you would have noticed that the parking lot is kind of a disaster right now and, a, and it's 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 a minor inconvenience so Guests taking Disney bus uh, transportation uh, get dropped off pretty far from the entrance entrance to the park and have quite a ways to walk. Um, 
so and then driving to the park yourself is kind of similar to that there are trams but it's still it's still kind of a far walk um but on november 8th there will be a new entrance for vehicles entering hollywood studios disney is currently reimagining the park and preparing for its 30th anniversary in 2019 uh so they are also transforming the park's arrival experience to make it easier and much more convenient to come and go so in the Disney Parks blog article, they discussed that guests driving to Disney Hollywood Studios will use the new entrance and exit located off of Ocelo, I don't even know how to say it, Ocelo Parkway. Um, and then the current main entrance off World Drive and Ocelo Parkway will be repurposed for Disney cast members only and the satellite entrance on Buena Vista Drive will be dedicated to the buses. So it's nice to see that in due time, the mess over at the Hollywood Studios will change because we've been seeing it change drastically over the past few years and will continue to change. Um, but there, that's the update for the parking lot. There are actually a couple other quick Hollywood Studios news updates. Um, but if you're looking to catch Muppet Vision 3D on your next visit to the studios, uh, just be advised that it's actually no longer open the entire uh, operating day of the park. As of now, guests can only experience Muppet Vision 3D from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. daily. Uh, it is unclear how long these new hours will last, uh, but they are already scheduled uh, through at least April 2nd of 2019. Uh, and, but it's also worth noting that the nearby Pizza Rizzo restaurant is currently closed and will not reopen until sometime in 2019. Uh, so I'm not really sure what's happening with the Pizza Rizzo restaurant. It's it's not good. It's They don't really have any good food. I was On my bachelor party, we, I, we actually ate there for lunch, and it was definitely like the worst thing that we ate the entire trip. Um, I, think, well, I think we had pizzas, and I think they sold hot dogs. I don't remember. It was just... It was not great, and then how the 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 how the place was set up was not great. It was like these big, gross, long lines uh, that you. It's. I just felt like I was in like a subway station. I, I don't know. It was just. It was just. I. I can't remember it well enough, but I just remember looking at the decor and just. It was kind of gross in there. Uh, I was just not a fan of Pizza Rizzo, but I. I'm interested to see what they do with this restaurant. Um, who knows? I maybe they'll completely redo it, get a new menu. Um, but yeah, so. But uh, that's actually it for the news this week. Um, like I said, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of big stuff happening. Uh, it was very very minor pieces of news. Nothing nothing too crazy. But that's yeah. So that's it. But um. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually gonna take a quick break. Uh, but the next segment we got coming up. Uh, it's just, it's honestly, it's nothing crazy, but it's just like a quick kind of creepy story that, uh, I just want to kind of share with you guys. And then there was a question on, uh, that I got from Instagram and I'll, I'll answer that as well. So, uh, just, yeah, stay tuned and I will be right back.
Alright, so since it's Halloween, I did want to talk a, a little bit about something creepy about Walt Disney World. Now, I was doing... Uh, I was doing a bit of research on, like, haunted things that are happening at Disney World, and a lot of it is just, like, it just doesn't seem real, and I didn't really want to discuss it on the podcast. Like, one of them was about, like, if... So, Walt Disney's apartment, he used to have an apartment over... Well, he's, it's still there, but it's over in above the firehouse in Disneyland, and there's always talks about how a light would go on and off, uh, and people would say, oh, it's it's Walt, it's Walt, and they were saying about how there's like a, a boy that's on the, the Haunted Mansion ride that you would see him, uh, and then, yeah, there's there's a, there's a videos of like ghostly figures in the parks, but I mean, I, I, I could have told some of those stories, but I, I really didn't want to, but um, there's one story I did want to discuss, and now I've actually known about this for quite t- some time, but so the thing I want to talk about is about an island that's in the middle of Bay Lake. It was once called Discovery Island, and Discovery Island was pretty much a very small animal kingdom. Uh, guests were able to visit the island and see different wildlife and plants. Uh, it was first open to the public in 1974, but it was actually called Treasure Island, and there w- it was like a pirate theme. Uh, but its name was later changed in 1978 again to Discovery Island. Uh, and it actually remained open until 1999, but then it was closed down for good. And all of the animals on the island were then transferred to the to Animal Kingdom or other zoos within the United States. Uh, so since Animal Kingdom had opened up in 1998, there wasn't really a reason for it to be opened. But so, so since then, the island's just, it's been abandoned. Uh, nature has taken over, and it looks like as if it could be a film set for a post-apocalyptic movie. And from what I could find, um, the first person to visit the island, and this is, this, I've actually, I've known about this for a while, um, and it still seems that the first person to visit the island that does not work for Disney was actually a photographer named Shane Perez and this was back in 2009 and he made a blog post about how he and his three friends ventured to the island and I want to I want to say that you should never ever try and go to Discovery Island uh, it's not only illegal but very dangerous uh, there are alligators in the lake as well as da- uh, dangerous bacteria that could kill you. That's why like people are not allowed to swim along the the bay lake at all, like at any of the resorts. Uh, so Perez states in his post that he would have never done he would he would never have done it if he had known that information beforehand. Um, so they had actually swam out from the shores of River Country, which was also abandoned. And on on the yeah so River Country if you don't remember uh, was the one of the old or was actually the first water park that was built at Walt Disney World uh, and it was located right in between um, uh, what is it Fort Wilderness and uh, Wilderness Lodge and it's it's now actually going to be where the new location of that new resort that we talked about last week. Um, but yeah, so so they swam out from the shores of River Country, uh, which was also abandoned. And on the island, they discovered all of the old buildings from uh, from Discovery Island. So I'm actually going to uh, do a direct quote from his blog post here. He said, 
The island had certainly not been maintained in any way since closing. We had had quite a bit of trouble navigating it and figuring out exactly where the paths are. Uh, one of the things we encountered were what looked like cages as well as what I assumed were veterinary facilities and storage areas. Venturing further into the island, we came across a storage building that was filled with all sorts of leftover paperwork, photos, and some preserved snakes in odd containers. So, to say the least, this is definitely the creepiest thing on Disney property. Uh, now, it kind of amazes me that they were just, that Disney just completely abandoned it. Uh, I mean, they care for and maintain every single little thing in the entire Walt Disney World Resort. And yet, they have this island that's just sitting there with derelict buildings and overgrown plant life. Now, other people have been back to the island since 2009, and there are several videos on YouTube showcasing the different parts of the island. Uh, but in, in my show notes, I'm actually going to link the blog post of Shane Perez and probably as well as a YouTube video if you want to read or watch more. Um, but one, one more thing I do want to uh, say about this is there's actually a great book. Um, there's a, a book called The Dark Side of Disney, and it's authored by Leonard Kinsey. Uh, I actually got this several years ago, maybe back in like, uh, I, I think I got it w when I was doing a trip in 2013. I was just like really excited to go back to Disney and I, I picked up this book. Uh, so it's, it, it's <laughs> what, what it says is it's the utterly unauthorized tips, tricks, and scams for your WDW vacation. Uh, it's the Arnic, uh, Anarchist Cookbook of Disney Travel Guides. So it's a really fun read. He kind of, there's there's some cool information in there. Uh, there's nothing, like, there's, yeah, there's some good information, but then just some pretty dumb information. But one of the things I found most fascinating, and this is where I heard about Shane Perez, the guy, the author did it, an entire interview with the photographer Shane Perez, and he goes into even more detail um, about his experience traveling to the island. Um, and actually, I feel like this interview does uh, it, it tell yeah it does a lot better explaining what he had gone through rather than just his blog post. So I'm gonna link the book. I'm holding the book in my hand, but I'm actually gonna link it uh, in the show notes as well if you wanna purchase it on Amazon or maybe it's at your local library, I doubt it. But um, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it up in the show notes so you guys can check that out. And maybe you wanna purchase the book because it's, it's honestly a very easy read. It's only about like 150 pages or so. Um, but just reading it for that interview alone is, is pretty great. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's just the one creepy thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, I know it's like nothing crazy, but it, to me, I just, it's kind of insane that Disney just has this island that is very, very creepy and terrifying if you were to go to at night, which I would never would want to, but, uh, but yeah, so... So yeah, check out all the links in my show notes for all the information that I discussed. But um, but yeah, so the last thing I do want to talk about, I did get a question on Instagram this past week, uh, and this was from my buddy Matt. He had asked, what Disney movies that don't have a, three, a themed 
ride slash show would you like to see? So uh, any Disney movie that was made, but it's not in the Disney parks as like a rider show. So, so actually my first thought for this was Inside Out. But uh, back in June, it was announced that there is going to be a new Inside Out ride coming to the Pixar Pier in Disney's California Adventure. Um, now, the, the Inside Out headquarters will be like the future home of what they're calling the Inside Out Emotional Whirlwind. Uh, and it's actually going to debut in 2019 over at Pixar Beer. Uh, oh, God, Pixar Beer. Uh, it's going to make its debut over at Pixar Pier. Um, so I wish they were doing a bit more. Like I would have loved to see like a dark ride where you take a vehicle through like the the child's mind and you get to visit all the different parts. And but instead, it's just going to be like one of those. I, f- I forget what the what they call it, but it's going to be one of those carousel type rides where you like can fly in the air, similar to like Aladdin's flying carpet ride or the uh, Rocket Tower Plaza uh, with the spaceships over in Tomorrowland. It's going to be something like that, but um. But yeah, we're, so I'm, I'm excited that we're going to get an Inside Out ride, but it's just not really what I wanted. But that was my first thought. But um, actually, my my second thought was Wally, Wally is one of my favorite Pixar films, and I really wish it had more of a presence within the park. And I thought it would be cool if we were able to get a ride that's similar to what, or like a ride vehicle that's similar to what the humans ride on the spaceship. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Where like the, I mean, they're all very heavy, heavy set people. Uh, and they, they, they're on these like really cool lounge chairs. Like it would kind of be cool if like you're on a lounge chair and like you're, you're cruising through the ship as a human. And like you slowly start to see signs of like Wally and Eve creating chaos on the ship. Um, and then uh, like, I, th- I think that would just be really cool. And I would love to see something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, that would be a lot of fun, but <clears throat> But yeah, I think those are the two movies that I would like to see. I mean, I know Inside Out is coming, but uh, I, I I definitely want to see Wally and Eve have more of like a presence uh, within the Disney parks, which I know they don't. Like, I wish I could have like Wally kind of just roaming around a bit, like sort of if you were to see like R two D two. It's just, I, I, yeah, I would really like to see that. I know it's tough because the robots, but uh, yeah, I do want to see a little bit more of them. But um. But yeah, that's that's actually gonna kind of wrap it up for this week. Uh, we had some some good discussions over about the new Play Disney Parks app, uh, some a new event that's happening over at the very Merry Christmas party, and I, I hope you enjoyed my slightly creepy story about Walt Disney World. Um, that was fun telling you uh, telling you about it. I'm not sure how many of you knew uh, have known about it. Uh, but yeah, if you're curious to know more, yeah, please check out the links in the show notes and, uh, you'll be able to view a bit more on that. Um, but yeah, everyone, I just want to wish you a happy Halloween and, uh, it's sad that October is coming into an end, but I hope you guys have a great holiday. Um, but yeah, so... That's it. That's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. If you can, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. If you're not already, uh, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or however you listen to podcasts. Um, and if you want to listen to the podcast on our website, like if you're at work and you want to listen to it on the desktop, you can visit our website over at accesspresspodcast.com. 
you can also follow me on social media. Uh, you can find me at Excess Press Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, and if you want, you can even shoot an email over to me at excesspresspodcast uh, at gmail.com. And you can let me know if you have any other questions or anything like that. Um, but yeah, and then the last thing I do want to mention again is if, if you heard last week, I am um, going to be interviewing cast members. So pretty soon I'll be having two shows a week. Uh, so if you were a previous or a former cast member that worked at the Disney parks, I would love to interview you. Uh, now, just a heads up, uh, it pr- I wouldn't be able to interview you until after the new year. I actually uh, have a lot Uh, set up already so yeah it wouldn't happen until about january but if you're interested let me know i would honestly love to get you on the show so but that's it that's it for this week's folks uh thanks for tuning in and for your support of the show this is matt from the excess press podcast signing off until next time travelers We hope to see you next week. And remember to seize the future with excess. Bon voyage.